Well, my lord, uh, here it is, the, the randomizer. I know it's not much to look at, but uh, I must say we're all rather proud of it. Do not be too proud of this technological terror you have constructed. The ability to watch Jerry Anderson episodes at random is insignificant next to the power of the Force. Oh, you are absolutely right. I couldn't agree more. And I gather you have already selected today's episode with that very theme in mind. Indeed. And now you will all witness the full power of the Force... of... life? Here's Space 1999. I was getting to that! I'm sorry! So, welcome back to Space 1999 on the Randomizer, and, uh, what an appropriate episode this is for, uh, for the time of year. It's first, uh... First going to be aired in, we're coming up on Halloween, although uh, I'm actually recording this on October the 9th. What do you make of it, Victor? So I'm quite away from Halloween yet. Oh, much. It's a new one on me. But if I've planned it right, you guys are, it's going to be the week. When this goes out, it's going to be Halloween week. It's still not registering, Commander. And this is easily um, one of the, the scariest episodes with the Anderson name on. Calling technician Anton Zorif. Good day. This is your alarm call. And yet it all starts so uh, so simply, so uh, almost mundane, you might say. Here we are uh, in the the quarters of the uh, the Zoroff. This is uh, Eva, played by Gay Hamilton, and her husband Anton, played by uh, an actor you you might recognise the name, uh, Ian McShane. Don't know if he's gone on to do uh, anything else since this, but uh, it's time for one of them to get up and go to work. 4.30. Who makes Ian McShane get up and go to work at 4.30? And meanwhile, there's a little ball of blue light swooping in over Alpha. No indication that there's anything out there at all. I don't like it. Paul, assemble all section heads. And here we are in the, uh, the set of the nuclear generating area, one of these Another almost Mark? unimaginably huge set for a television series. All yours, Anton. Anton's uh, Sleep well. taking over for his friend. Uh, you may also recognise the uh, the sort of caps on the front of the um, well, on one of the walls of the nuclear generator room. There, I believe those are actually the models of the the, the silo caps from the nuclear waste dumps in Breakaway. What is it, John? I don't know. There's something out there we don't understand. And everyone slows down. And stopped. Everyone on Alpha is frozen. Or at least pretending to be frozen. All except... Good old Ian McShane, who's working like, uh... Well, like nothing's happened. And little does he realise... Oh, I love the build-up to this. He's looking around as if he's, almost as if he's sensed a presence, someone else in the room. There's uh, nobody there. No one physical, at least, but uh, we have a, a glowing blue ball of energy that's looking for a home. And something else I have to call up in this episode, and there is there are so many things that make this such an effective little horror story. The music, which is uh, is not Barry Gray. I believe this is all uh, uh, library music. This is Technician Zorin. Please acknowledge main mission. 
and I think the show made really good use of, of uh, library music like this from time to time where Emergency in generating. Barry Gray's music is, is obviously phenomenal, but um, something like this is, is far more unconventional and unsettling. It's designed, it's almost bordering on like a sound effect. And here we go. Let's zoom back from Zorif as the thing hits him and then a crash zoom in. Goes all blurry and his face is purple. Blue glowing friend has found a home. Because if you're going to take over anybody's body, really, you want to. Why not go for something classy? Why not take over Ian McShane and this slow motion fall of Zorif? This 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 is um one of many interesting directorial touches in this episode, which we'll touch on more later. This is one of uh, David Tomlin's. What was I saying? Probably one of his uh, finest. Come on. Finest directing works in Anderson, I would have thought. Generating area. This is main mission. So now everyone's unfrozen. Technician Zorif. Just in time to find that Zorif is uh, unconscious. Report your situation. I love that tilt of the camera upside down, as if that's his whole life going upside down as well. So we're back from the opening titles, and uh, one interesting thing about this episode, one of many, is that uh, this was actually the second episode shown, in the UK at least, on first broadcast, which must have been quite a shock for audiences at the time who were expecting something uh, oh, no. a bit more spaceship focused instead they got this um, this claustrophobic little horror story I'm alright although I suppose it is uh, the show sort of um, setting up its uh, something one of its stocks in trade yes it's big huge space opera but uh, no sign of any damage it can also scare the pants off you like nothing else on television Commander I'll check the area out Oh, no, you're coming with me. I want to know what caused you to pass out. I'm all right now. You better go. This is one area we can't afford to take chances with. Check it out thoroughly. But, John, this is Nuclear Generating Area 3. We we presumably have at least two others. We can afford to risk this one. And you're sure this has never happened before? No. Well, not that I know of. And it's such a huge set to make for just this one episode, although it does... Re return in, in various forms in one or two other episodes. Anyway... What's the matter, Doctor? Oh, it's nothing to do with you. One of the monitors, it seems to have failed. Uh, first sign... Not quite. ...of a larger problem. Dr. Mathias. Yes, Doctor? One of the medical monitors is blown. Would you fix it, please? Yes, Doctor. Hmm, because he doesn't have anything else to do. The instruments have recorded a massive discharge of energy. Fourth in the reactor? Well, this energy force was outside the nuclear reactor. A radiation leak. A fracture. Glowing blue thingy from space? What caused it? Uh, that's a good question. I do find it odd that after that opening teaser where everyone on Alpha, well, not everyone on Alpha, but everyone in main mission was looking at the glowing blue thing from space, they almost seem to sort of forget that they saw it after the, the teaser, like in that discussion there. There is a leak, we've got to find it. They're not thinking, hmm, could this be something to do with that? Strange blue glowing thing. Nah, it's more likely a reactor leak. Anyway, over in uh, the Zorif's pad. Uh, doctor's orders were to rest. I feel fine. So Eva's just got out of the shower. And I do like that the way he grabs her there, almost as if he's uh, slightly more in touch with uh, his more... I felt cold. Let's say baser instincts that are going to no, gradually take hold as this 
this thing that's now inside him said, Leave it. grows stronger. Also with with little outbursts and odd moments like that. Please. And as as much praise as Ian McShane gets for this, and he is absolutely superb in this, I, I also think Gay Hamilton is is one of the more underrated guest performers in this first season. She's so she just seems like such a sweet, good woman, and she's so like when he yells at her there, and she just looks at him, sort of like, "Oh, my hurt little sad puppy." And as the story unfolds, of course, she's going to become a, a decidedly tragic figure, as indeed is uh, her poor old husband here, feeling a bit weird and sitting near a lamp. After a bit of a a stare from Zoroth, the lamp's gone out. What's the matter? Well, the lamp must have blown. Did Dr. Russell check you thoroughly? I'm all right. Just being cooped up in here. I need some fresh air. We could all do with a bit of that on Alpha. Yes, well, I'll have to settle for a walk down the corridor, won't I? And something else I like about these two is the fact that they are a married couple, which is something we've never seen before on this show. We won't see again in the first season. The closest we get is uh, is in the very first episode of season two, uh, Bill and Annette Fraser. All the systems in the generating area. But that kind of doesn't count because they weren't even seen in the in the same scene together at any point, and uh, Annie disappears after that episode. So, if it didn't originate on Alpha, which is what you were saying, mm-hmm. where did it come from? There's no energy source anywhere near us in space that could have caused that. Except for... There obviously is. You guys saw it. Why? I, I really don't get that. Why they pretend for so much of this episode that they didn't see the thing that they saw. Is that... Is that a deliberate part of the story I'm missing? Did the... Did the blue glowing thingy, like... Fine. When it froze time, did it also affect their memories of it? Trying to find out what hit you. I suppose it. But how are you feeling, eh? All right. All right now. I mean, there is that line of Koenig's after they get unfrozen of, "Oh, that's strange. What was I saying?" But it doesn't seem to um, to add much to the story beyond delaying the Alphans Number four is ten- in finding out the truth. Relax. Everything's all right in here. Well, I'm not very good at relaxing. Ergomania, it's called. The compulsive need to work. This is a nice character as well. Mark Dominix is uh, Zoroth's friend and colleague in the generator section. Although next time we see this room in uh, Alpha Child, it's it's absolutely crawling with people, um, including Rula Lenska. But she's not here this week. It's just Ian McShane having a funny turn. that'll uh, warm him up a nice cup of coffee but unfortunately this is not shadow we're dealing with here coffee on alpha apparently comes out frozen solid falls and Dominic grabs him and that was a bad move yep, 
Dominic's is literally, quite literally frozen stiff. Anton's got another bad headache, which is about to get even worse when he notices his frozen friend. And again, some more interesting uh, camera camera movements here. And I think there's uh, some odd almost zoom effects on, on the, the shots at times. Technician Mark Dominic's light functions terminated. And sometimes they say if you can if you can notice the direction, it often means that the director isn't doing a very good job. It's like in editing. The only time you, you really notice editing sometimes is if it's not working out all that well. But in the case of this episode, it's the exact opposite. You notice the direction because it's something so out of the norm and so effective with this. And uh, here we go. Dominic's body being led away. All we know is that he died seven minutes ago. Death seems to have been caused by sudden and instant freezing. And this is one of my favorite sort of sub-genres of Space 1999 episodes where there's... Thing in here that can do that. There's a, like a, a killing thing on the loose and... Uh, it's gotta be a connection. You just see body after body being wheeled away on gurneys. Whatever we're looking for has got to be linked to this generating area. So the more I think about this, the more it must be that the Alphans genuinely don't remember the blue glowy thing. What's wrong? And I have seen this episode, I would have to guess... I asked you a question, Anton. Probably at least a dozen times over the years. What's the trouble, darling? Like much of first season Space 1999, it is almost an episode I can recite from memory. Attention all sections alpha. Is that genuinely a part of the story and I've only just realised now... The area is forbidden. ...that the Alphans forgot about the... have got amnesia about the blue gl glowy thing? It's Dominic's. Am I really that thick? My goodness. Dead. How do you know? I was there. It was awesome. Eva, sit down over there. I love as well his attempt to explain here, but of course he doesn't have the words. Anton, you're not in any trouble, are you? You've got to trust me, Eva. Just because I say I was there when somebody died, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm in trouble. Come on, woman. I must see Doctor Ross. Let me come with no. you. No, no, I don't want to get you involved now. Promise me you'll stay here. But Anthony... No, promise me! All right. I'll wait for you here. But if you're sick, you will tell me, won't you? Yeah, unless I've... As soon as I can. ...killed anyone else, maybe. But uh, if I do, you'll be the first to know. Yeah, I love this gradual shift in Ian McShane's performance from this this loyal, loving husband with a, almost a playful side we saw when he grabbed her when she came out of the shower. And now it's like... He's got to distance himself from her. Look at this first plate again. Even though he doesn't quite know why. station when Zorif had his accident. This is one that was taken at the moment of Dominic's death. Same energy force. I mean, they're even marked as blue glowy things on the chart. From space once, but not twice. They genuinely don't know. I'm amazed I haven't figured that out before now. And this alien force is here, right now. Somewhere on Alpha. Because it doesn't really add that much to the story that they've been delayed for like 15 minutes. It wouldn't hurt for them to say a couple of times, hey, maybe that's that blue glowy thing. I don't see what the amnesia angle adds to it. And that's, um, I'm sorry, I won't mention that anymore because I have, I have harped on about that, but uh, it is strange I've only just realized that. Anyway. Are you all right? Anton's made his way to medical center. The nurse at the door is just going off duty. And I love that that thing Ian McShane is doing with his face as well. He's mashing his 
his hands against his face and just rubbing his his hands over his skin and when he takes his hands away you can see in his eyes it's it's not Anton in control anymore it's this this thing especially here as he starts to stalk the nurse with this hungry this horrible hungry look in his eyes rather than alert anybody that uh, she's A, being stalked, and B, it's by a man who seems to be having some sort of, uh, uh, well, he's now drawing the energy out of uh, one of the walls in the corridor. And I don't know whether this is um, just a directorial touch, or if this is something that's um, genuinely happening to this, this poor girl. Zorif is still moving in real time, but she's running at like half speed. And considering we saw the thing slow down time earlier, I'm wondering if this is her similarly being affected by that. She's just missed the door to the travel tube to escape. Oh, and the echoing sound of Zorif's footsteps. She's got nowhere to go. The lights are going out as he walks up to her and Admittedly, this is a bit lame, where she she tries to run away without realizing that she's got nowhere to go. It's like it, it's not it, it's like she doesn't realize that until she actually gets to a wall that's a foot away from her. But now there's nowhere to go. Medical orderly Hillary Preston, life functions terminated. Helena and Bob are like, oh god, another one. But that is also another another just chilling moment where you, you have the build up to that moment of her death and then just Same as Dominic's. the cold voice of the computer saying she's screwed you can take her away now another one for the morgue we see this freezing effect those two deaths were a result of total heat loss now light is simply another form of heat and in both cases the loss was sudden and complete Whatever this alien force is, John, it seems that it's consuming heat. Here's a callous moment coming up. Of course, that's just pure theory. Eva sees Matthias and an orderly wheeling the, the dead nurse away on a gurney. But they haven't covered her face over with the blanket. So Eva sees this frozen dead body and Matthias and the other guy just walk past him to say, no, no, no questions, lady. It's just another day, another weird death on Alpha. Russell, where's Anton? Well, he came to see you, didn't he? No, I haven't seen him since I examined him. Oh, and again, that hurt puppy dog expression. Poor Eva. Now tell me what's wrong, Eva. I don't know. Anton's sick. Something happened when he was with Dominic's. I'm concerned about it, John. I think you should check. Thank you, Helena. Well, a hysterical woman says her husband was there when a murder happened, Victor. It's uh, it's not much to go on, I agree, but we should probably do something. Cut off. Anton Zurif last entered generating area, 2045 lunar time. He was there when Dominic's died. And he broke that coffee cup, damn it. Oh, that's another gorgeous shot. Of, of, of there's so many in this episode, but this total white image, and then Zorif just leans round the corner of a, a corridor wall, 
And because the, the, the image is slightly out of focus, you don't expect to suddenly see this, this one eye looking back at you. But if Zoroph needs uh, heat and light, where on Alpha is he going to find that? Well, we've got a solarium here which uh, appeared a few times in the second series, which was always packed with uh, lots of people. In this episode, it's just got uh, two or three scattered around, although it is much larger than the uh, the solarium we see in the, uh, the second series. Looks like it might be a redress of the command office set. Oh, an in more interesting direction. There's a sort of, um, sort of Mrs. Robinson type shot framed through a woman's leg as Zoroth enters the room advances on uh, this blonde lady commander fluctuation in the energy levels section C the solarium Hello. what oh you want me to come with you okay so the power's going out in the solarium as uh, Zoroth's soaking up all the energy and I love the reaction of the the blonde lady is like Zoroph is right next to her, and he's bright purple. And of course, this gives us another little moment for security. Salarium here. We need some help in here. Please come quickly. Tanya, who also had a, a prominent scene in the the last first season Space 1999 episode we covered, Guardian of Piri, which was the one made directly before this. But now, oh, is she going to become Zoroph's latest victim? Call it, Zoroph. Nah, Koenig and Koa here. And he's clever enough to zap the power rather than Zorif. And he's down. Very nearly touched Tanya and the other lady. But they're alright. He's alive. I don't know how, after absorbing almost all the power, but we can't leave him here. We can't move him, it's too dangerous. Koenig's flashing a light in his face. to be absorbing energy now. What's the stupidest thing he could do to check that he's not a risk? And even he knows it's a gamble. He'll put his hand on his face. Oh, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Nah, he's all right. He's safe. For the moment, at least. Bung him in the freezer. I also love with this that, uh, again, the Alphans are confronted with a problem they have no experience of before, they've got no idea how to treat. Right away. Yes, Doctor. So all they can do is sort of not blunder around, but sort of make, you know, the best attempt they can to, to deal with the problem, which in this instance involves having Dr. Matthias flashing little lights at him, and when that doesn't work, we'll strap him to uh to a gurney and uh take him into the observation room. Put him in the scary blue room. Because that's what you do on Alpha when when you want to make someone look really scary. Well, if there is any connection between Zoroph and the energy losses, that connection is broken now. You put them in that blue room with that really sinister, creepy blue light. They did it in Breakaway with the Metaprobe astronauts, and they do it again in The Troubled Spirit. It's almost like anyone who goes into that room and has that light turned on them is just... Oh, they'd be better off dead. There's a security man right outside. So when Zoroph escapes, you've got a, a get-out-of-jail-free card. He doesn't have a name, so he's willing to die in place of you. But Zoroph won't get out. That's it. That's the force that killed Dominix. And the girl. 
whoever she was, I don't care to remember her name. This force has only been on Alpha for ten hours, but already it's growing like mad. Out of all proportions of the heat or energy it's consuming. Well, Victor, we can speculate forever, but that's not our problem. What we've got to do is destroy that force while it's still relatively weak. And something else I find interesting with this episode, for all the, the genuine horror moments, and there are plenty in here, that I, I may be giving away the ending here a bit. I'm going to assume most of you have seen this. The fact that the episode is called Force of Life, the fact that ultimately you find out there is a... I, I was going to say a positive purpose behind what's going on, but that's not really fair. It's, it's something that's neither good nor bad. It's just doing its thing. Um, I find that very thought-provoking and very, uh, very interesting. It's not just something evil and malevolent, despite what it's doing with Zoroth. And speaking of Zoroth, he's now awake. And Helena, in her infinite wisdom, has decided to do some work right in front of the room he's in, with her back to him. Probably not her, uh, her smartest, smartest move. Especially as he's breaking out. He's out. And again, interesting direction stuff. He's in the room with a blue light, but as he looks up, only his eyes weren't illuminated. They were regular flesh color. Oh, so many good, interesting shots in this episode. But then David Tomblin was uh, a director on The Prisoner before transferring to, uh, to UFO. So it only makes sense that his direction would be weird and... Uh, interesting or even downright sinister at times in this. Zoroth is out. Helena can't believe it that the man who was obviously going to escape has escaped. And he's coming towards her. Drained all the power. Another weird lens on the camera there to make him seem really far away and her really close. Commander, emergency in the medical center. All power gone. Automatic systems not functioning. Helena. Yeah, here comes our guard friend. He's gonna come and save the day. Here he comes. Look out! And there he goes. Well, that's another one done. Oh dear. But he doesn't kill Helena. He's had enough. He's drained enough from the security guard to uh, keep him going for a while. I'd love to know what people thought of this back in back in '75 as the second episode of the show, at least in the UK. This is a really weird choice. All Alpha personnel are warned that Technician Zorif is highly dangerous. This is one of those few episodes, I think there's only a couple in the first series, where you don't even see an eagle. During this emergency, all sidearms are to be worn. You'd, you'd think they'd want to sort of push the... Shoot to kill. The, the, the big budget nature of the series, the, the effects, the visuals, and instead it's like, no, no, full-on horror. How quickly can we shut down all moon-based power? You mean shut down the reactors? No. Just a supplies reading from. Oh, well, it would take a matter of seconds, but in 20 minutes, all our sick in the intensive care unit will die. In 30 minutes, our recycling plants will be damaged beyond repair. At 40, our oxygen will give out. These are the areas affected so far. Severe power loss in every section of this quadrant. You still don't see a sense of direction. Commander, we have Zorophon visual. He's in. Oh, situation's very serious. Victor's got out his uh, dry wipe glass board and a marker pen. That's something I love with this character, is if it's such a high-tech base, he's, uh, he's a very low-tech kind of guy. Let's see corridor 15. Power in corridor 15 also failed. Put up corridor 16. Oh, it's the 
Carter family again. They've got themselves locked in another corridor. Corridor D50 clear. Must be in 50. No power in 50. That's it. How did they get in there? There's only one section left in that quadrant. The generating area. If he gets to that reactor, we're all dead. We'll never be able to stop him from getting to the other generating areas. Paul, alert security. Generating area three. Tell him we're on our way. Alan? Also, what makes this weird as a choice for second episode is... Uh, it's clear what everyone's role is, except for Alan, because we're not seeing him fly any ships this week. Now somewhere in your area. You are warned to avoid contact. Oh, here's uh, Sarah Bullen's Kate and some other guy. They're running from Zorif. What is the last position? Approaching section F. <gasps> Tony Allen got a line! Oh! My goodness, that doesn't happen often. Cutting power now, Commander. Another weird piece of incidental music here. Again from a music library, but every so often this piece of music, and it's especially noticeable if you hear it on the soundtrack albums, it sounds like someone polishing windows. Disconnect them quickly. There's like a sort of squeak sound of someone rubbing something against glass, which admittedly is not as interesting as what's happening on screen right now. Dr. Matthias is losing a patient as they're shutting down power all over the base. Meanwhile, Eva. She's meeting Sarah Bullen and the other guy coming from the generating area, but she's uh, she's got to find her husband. She's not stopping. And now poor old Anton is shambling up the corridors, barely able to put one foot in front of another. There's no power left anywhere to absorb. I may be able to cut him off. All right, but watch yourself. Ah. Meals on Wheels has arrived to find her husband. Anton. Oh... And what's so effective about this is Anton hasn't said anything for like 20 minutes by this point. Come with me, Anton. We can help you. The last thing he said to her was to stay in the quarters, stay there safe. You must come away from here. There's a chance we can help you. Don't. Don't touch. She's the only person who can get through to him now. Go back, Anton. She's the only one he'll respond to, and he is still in there. But just barely. Keep away from me! And that's it. He's gone. And now he's looking at her with just this cold detachment. And oh, that look on on Gay Hamilton's face when she realises her husband just isn't there anymore. And she, the fact that she doesn't move, it. Oh, until she gets saved by Alan. I almost feel like that's her sort of just accepting death. Down there. Hello, you take her. But luckily Alan was there to save her and Anton didn't grab them. Also that um that's glass stand in the corridor full of rocks. That must be fun all the times the moon gets buffeted and thrown around the cosmos. Whose job do you think it is to pick all that up again after it's tipped over? Commander Koenig. Yes, our people are starting to die. Is there anyone I know, Paul? Too late. I request permission to restore power immediately. Not until I say so. And that's final. Oh dear. Everyone's all hot and sweaty and uh, not dealing very well. Especially not Anton, but uh, he's nearly there. He's outside the doors of Nuclear Generating Area 3. Oh, and again that soundtrack is... 
is so creepy and so strange as he's trying to prise the doors apart. Oh, Victor. It's just on the best of climates for clockwork hard. I'm all right, come on. Yep, acknowledgement of minor piece of serious continuity made, and on we go. Torrent, come away from there. being able to get through the door. We can't do it. It's too weak. Where's he going to get his energy? Well, we've got five people here we could uh, tuck into. And three quarters of the children watching this episode back in 1975 just wet themselves. That is horrifying. Of course, he had to go for us. The only source of heat around. Alan fires his laser at Zorif on full. He's absolutely charred beyond recognition, and yet... He's alive. The laser regenerator. And it's just the... The, the, the man, the uniform, is absolutely black. His skin is peeling off. It almost looked like his back was going to burst into flames, and yet all you can focus on... ...are those horrible, glowing white eyes. Oh, and I believe I covered this episode on my uh, top ten scariest Space Nineteen Ninety Nine moments video on the uh, over on the Jerry Anson YouTube channel. I think this came in at number three. This must have been terrifying back in the day, because if nothing else, it is really graphic injury detail, especially this oh close up on the the charred face. Which I assume, I, I doubt they put Ian McShane through this makeup. I don't know who's playing Zorif at this point, but I'd be really surprised if it was McShane. Anyway, the Zorif thing is now pulling open the door to the nuclear reactor. I also like that when he's yanking on the door and he, he backs in, he, his shoulder crashes into the camera a couple of times, almost, almost like it's a documentary. And that's driven home even more as we follow him into the reactor. Oh, that's it. And there we go. Big old explosion. As Koenig and Co are scrambling their way around the corridors, being thrown all over the place. All I can think of is that glass tower full of rocks, which um, has been knocked over yet again. We've got some uh, reused footage from Breakaway here. We've got some unused footage from Breakaway here. That was uh, even a very brief glimpse of Commissioner Simmons. We've already covered his uh, his horrific departure, but he was back for a little bit of stock footage there. And out of the ashes of the generator section, we have a blue glowy thing. Is it slightly bigger than the uh, the one that visited them at the start of the episode? I don't know, because, rather wonderfully, there are no explanations. There can only ever be guesses as to what on earth has happened here. Power level stabilizing. Victor, it'll be all right. If that force had gotten to those other reactors, just one was enough for its purpose. Some sort of creative evolution, a stage in its development. Perhaps the beginnings of birth. 
I love that. I like that. I love, again, it ties into the title of it being a force of life. Despite all the death it's caused and the destruction it wrought, it was just a thing doing its thing. And also the idea that it's going to go off and become a star, potentially. That's rather, that's rather haunting. Everybody tried their best to help her. We just didn't know how. So now with Zorif ripped away from her, Eva is all on her own. I don't understand. Eva, we're living in deep space. There's so many things we don't understand. And you'd have to imagine as well that obviously the loss of any loved one is horrific, but in, in this situation where there is so little to cling on to, living on, on Alpha, knowing that everyone you knew on Earth is gone. I'd selected Anton. It must be so much harder for poor old Eva. We have to try to help each other to understand. Mm. Which is a sentiment that uh, might have more meaning if A, you didn't immediately leave after saying it, and B, we ever saw Eva again. And as Eva watches the blue glowy thing that was once her husband take off into space, that was Force of Life, and I think you could probably tell by the way I've been talking about it, I absolutely love that one, I cannot get enough of that one. It's beautifully directed, some superb guest performances in there from Gay Hamilton and especially Ian McShane. It all adds up to one of the scariest episodes of not only Space 1999, but one of the scariest things with the Anderson name on well worth a look this Halloween season.